This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, obviously, 9-11 changed quite a bit around protecting our country from the Office of Homeland Security to working with the private sector. Julia Kayyem is a national security analyst with CNN, but was President Obama's Assistant Secretary for Intergovernmental Affairs at Homeland Security. Julia, thanks for a few moments today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. And obviously, in the scope of change, realistically, uh, before 9-11, there were no national security analysts usually on TV. And intergovernmental was at times kind of a foreign concept, it felt like, from what we've heard before the attacks. That's exactly right. I mean, the, the concept of homeland, right, was not really part of our national security structure because we have just viewed national security as what are we doing abroad with, you know, the tools of foreign policy, whether it's diplomacy or intelligence or even law enforcement, um, but really never thinking about a sort of defense structure, uh, nor how do you support local and state capacity uh, in, in uh, you know, not just for terrorism, but eventually for a pandemic or cyber attacks or natural disasters. And so it has it's been a tremendous shift in 20 years about how we think about America's national security. Yeah, because for a lot of us from the outside, we assume that changes have been made. We obviously don't necessarily see them. But from your yeah. perspective, what have you seen that has really changed a lot when you're thinking about national security in the last 20 years? I think I, mean, I think this is that primary sense of America's vulnerability, right? Because, I mean, people... Let's go back 20 years, right? The Cold War was over. Uh, there were there were bestsellers called The End of History, right? The idea that America was invulnerable or, you know, American exceptionalism, right? This was the way we were thinking leading up to uh, 2001. And I think that our vulnerabilities obviously were exposed that day, uh, but they weren't. But but 20 years is a long time. So the idea that, that we can capture sort of like a, a single moment and say, OK, that's where we were. And I, I I've been in the space a long time and I really think about or, or Homeland Security has really began to pivot towards all, all what we call all hazards or what are the threats and vulnerabilities that America faces and then how do we reduce the risk that course correction in many ways came not in 2001 but obviously in 2005 after Hurricane Katrina in my field there was a massive change sort of looking like here you know here we are a country trying to stop one thing, right, airplane, terrorism, and we can't save an American city from drowning. So that was when you saw sort of a lot of the changes uh, that have, I think, uh, transformed the way we think about risk minimization. And and I'm careful not to talk about risk elimination. I think there's any mistake, any, um, any two words that sort of were so misleading to the American public, I think it was never again, right? That sentiment that, I mean, it led us to wars, you know, one one just, the other, uh, the other unnecessary in Iraq. But it also, uh, uh, I think, made Americans have a false sense of success. But I think r- right now, probably a lot of people would say they would find it very hard to see, as you said, 19 individuals taking over planes and and doing such a similar type of attack in this kind of space, especially with the growth of technology. And I think more and more the focus, and you can speak to this, is on cyber and and that being the most vulnerable spot that we have right now. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and I think, uh, well, well, cyber and cyber and sort of a 
a tactical challenge because it's sort of low-grade warfare. And then, honestly, you have the existential challenge of, of climate, right? I mean, in other words, the disasters that the homeland will face yep. that are of such existential consequence. So, you know, American cities that may not be livable, uh, parts of California that are on fire. You know, I mean, and so uh, we, we have, unfortunately, no, no limit of what those threats are. Uh, 9-11 woke us up to, to one important one, but I think also began uh, assessment of, of our own resiliency, which we're showing is, is, is not as strong as it needs to be. So as I mentioned at the top, the question of intergovernmental, I, I think for yeah. a long time that you, hear, you heard the stories about how there was not a whole lot of sharing between agencies. How much has that changed over the last 20 years? I think it's better. Uh, uh, it certainly is better at the homeland level. And the reason why is a, a bunch of structural shifts, uh, uh, joint, things called like the Joint Terrorism Task Force that includes local, state, and federal. You have the sharing of information from the homeland up and hopefully uh, back down um, uh, to, a, uh, to a large extent. We still have the challenges that the FBI, because they're trying to build cases, tends not to share as much as we, we'd like. But I think Afghanistan and what happened in Afghanistan is I think when we do a review of it, we'll show that uh, there was significant intelligence about the uh, lack of stability or whatever, you know, that, that the Afghan army was not likely to hold, and yet we, 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 kept, we kept going forward. And I think things like that, yeah. we really still have, have lessons to be learned um, because, of course, I mean, here we go into the 20th anniversary and the Taliban flag will be flying yeah. over the U.S. embassy, probably. We're joined by Julia Kayyem, a national security analyst with CNN. And obviously, as we move forward, the investment in technology in uh, dealing with cybersecurity has obviously increased. We know how much it has, but it seems like there's still a ways to go. And, and as you said, you can't say elimination. I don't think you can ever say you're 100 percent right. protected because of how things seemingly change on it feels like an hourly basis at times. That's exactly right. So if you look at cyber, one of the things that's so frustrating from the cyber field or, or the, the world I'm in is, is so many companies just viewed themselves as not penetrable, right? So they, they just thought, oh, I have these gizmos and I'll be protected. And then the most low-grade attack, right, a, a system administrator, you know, opens up a file that, that exposes the, the network, uh, becomes a vulnerability. And you saw this, like, this year or earlier this year with uh, uh, Colonial, uh, yeah. um, uh, because, I mean, think about it. Here's Colonial dry, you know, delivering 50 percent of, of, of the Northeast uh, energy needs. Yep. And yep. its only option when it's hacked or is to shut the whole thing down. That's not a very sophisticated system. And I'm hoping that, that, that these companies, and most of our infrastructure is owned by private companies, become more sophisticated in their response capabilities, as we've seen in the public sector uh, after 9-11. But now, 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 you know, look, look, the enemy is going to the weakest link. It's hard to, it's hard to co commandeer an airplane now. We've sure. succeeded, right? Yep. But. Yep. Uh, it's not hard to send an email that an employee will open up and expose the whole system. Juliet, thank you very much for your time and your insight I today. appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Juliet Kayyem, National Security Analyst uh, with uh, CNN, as we mentioned, uh, formerly President Obama's Assistant Secretary for Intergovernmental Affairs with the Department of Homeland Security. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.